church family i'm excited about today are you are you you excited i'm fired up excited to see what god is going to do everybody who's online we love you so much my wife put me in this shirt okay so i've gotten a number of compliments you know walking through the lobby and everything i have nothing to do with this this is onika i said honey it's pink is that okay she goes yes it's fresh so i said okay so whatever husbands whatever your wife tells you to do just do it, okay? And you'll be just fine. Uh, we have a creed that we do here every week. It gives you a snapshot of what we believe, what we're about as a church. So whether you're online or you're uh, in the balcony or on the floor or in additional seating, wherever you may be, I want you to know God loves you so much and we're gonna remind ourselves what God says about us right now. So let's put that creed up on the screen. Let's all say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church of the world and to live for the glory of God. That is our creed. Can we clap our hands for that? That's some good stuff right there. Hey, if you are in the room, uh, if you are online, today is a very, very special day for all of us. I mean, every day is a special day. Any day we're all breathing, right? It's another opportunity to live uh, for God's glory. But today, uh, the title of our message is The Eucharist. The Eucharist. I'm not kidding. I know that's a mouthful for some of us. But I want to explain uh, what today is going to be. We're going to be celebrating communion together uh, as a church family. So if you are in the room, you should have received one of these little uh, packets when you came in. If you're at home right now, I want to encourage you to run to your kitchen and grab some bread and grab some juice or whiskey or something. Maybe not whiskey. Don't grab whiskey. Some of y'all might already be drinking it, okay? And we're glad you're watching, just so you know. Uh, but go ahead and grab uh, some juice. It could even be some water, just some liquid, because a little bit later in today's service, we're going to take communion together as a family. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be begin reading in verse 26. It reads, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for you, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This word, uh, Eucharist, uh, is something, if you've been, I don't know, maybe you're a Catholic or Lutheran or you grew up in some type of liturgical setting, you maybe have heard this word. Others of us were like, that's a mouthful. I have no idea uh, what you're talking about. This is a, a, a Christian ceremony commemorating uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And this is where we take some time out to talk about this, what this, what this symbol means. Now, some of you have heard like the term communion some the Lord's table. There's different terminology that's out there, but all of it is connected back uh, to this word, this understanding of uh, celebrating what Jesus has done. Now, Eucharist, uh, it comes from a Greek word, and I won't try to butcher uh, this Greek word, but this Greek word, I'll put it on the screen for you. It means thankfulness. 
It means giving of thanks. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, we see this here. We just read it in the Gospel of Matthew. And he takes some time out to celebrate the Passover with his friends. Now, if you're not Jewish, you may not know what the Passover is. I want to paint a very clear picture for you that what we are celebrating today is actually bound in a lot of history. We might think we're kind of the new ones and we kind of get it and we understand and we know what's going on. But just understand, it's like people who talk about LeBron as if there was never a Jordan. Some of y'all with me. Some of y'all, I lost some of you guys. Um, I'm thankful for fear of God, but don't ever forget about Gucci. You know, there's some people that they're standing on. You're standing on somebody else's shoulders. Someone else came before you. And for us as followers of Jesus, what we are living today and what we are expressing, it is found. It goes way, way back. Like this thing has been going on a lot longer than you and I. It'll be going on a lot longer after you and I are gone. And and there used to be a day that it was hook shots like this. And now I know Steph Curry is doing floaters from the three-point line. But all of it is connected. And what you and I are celebrating today is connected to something that goes back a very, very, very long time. First century Christians were gathering together, eating meals together. And they were celebrating this table. Now, the table I have here is rather beautiful, okay? This is a gorgeous table. Give it up for the team that put this together right here. I mean, this is, this is lovely. I, this is not what Jesus' communion table looked like. Just so you know, there was no cake on Jesus' communion table. But they were celebrating the Passover. What, what's the Passover? This is when the, God's kids, the children of Israel, they were in bondage for hundreds of years. They were in a place of misery and pain for quite some time, struggling, fighting. Uh, If you read through the book of Genesis, you see that God's kids begin to grow and grow and grow. And then in Exodus, they grow so much. The Egyptians say, we better oppress these people. If not, they're going to take us over. So they begin to oppress them. and And God's kids are praying for hundreds of years to be set free. No answer, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. Then Moses shows up one day and he says to Pharaoh, on behalf of God, let my people go. And, and these God's kids, they come out of bondage, but before they do there is a moment there is this this night that happens where the blood of an animal is killed and the blood of this animal is supposed to be put on the doorposts and the door frames of the houses it can sound kind of crazy and a little bit eerie but it was all pointing to something that was going to be happening years and years later that would have everything to do with your life and my life So this Passover lamb is killed and this angel of death comes over all of Egypt and everyone that had the blood of this animal on their doorposts and their doorframe, the angel of death would pass over that home. That's where the name comes from, would pass over that home. But if you did not have the blood on you, 
If there was no blood, then death would show up at your house. But if you had the blood, there was no reason to be afraid. There was no reason to be concerned. There was no reason to have any anxiety. There was no reason to have any misery because the blood was enough to cover you from the death that was trying to attack you. And here was a picture all these years ago of who Jesus would be for all of humanity. He would become our Passover lamb and his blood that was shed would be put on your life and my life and now the angel of death passes over me and you and if you are struggling with anything you can know that the God of heaven is greater and stronger and will get you through every single thing that you are battling now the children of Israel they were in bondage for quite some time okay I mean they're fighting for a long time like God where are you God where are you God where are you is, is anyone online is anyone in the room battling anything and you've been battling it for a while I mean you've been dealing with some stuff for a while uh, some of us feel like we've been battling singleness for a while it's like man this demon of singleness has been messing with me it's not a demon <laughs> brush your teeth no just kidding you uh you, you, you feel like you've been in a season you don't want to be in, in a spot you don't want to be in. Why is this not turning around? Why is it not different? Why is my marriage still the way it is? Why am I still battling this sickness? It could be something significant, maybe like a cancer, or it could be something else that you might be going through in your life that others might not think is all that important, but it, it impedes your ability to live the type of life that you want to live, and you're like, you've got this thing, and it keeps on hanging around you for a very long time. Some of us have been praying some prayers, and honestly, our hearts are growing a little bit cold because God does not seem to be answering these things in our timeline and you get you get a little upset don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about either you, you get frustrated say like, okay I, I, I'll pray again and you got a miracle Sunday that comes up all right miracle Sunday and it comes and it goes and you're still in the same spot it's like okay maybe this is good for everyone else but it's not good for me. Maybe God hears everyone else's prayers. He just doesn't hear mine. Maybe he likes them more, and I would understand that, God, because I've been a jerk for a lot of my life, so maybe I'm just paying for the sins that I committed a long, long time ago. We have all these thoughts and lies that can fill our brains. And they begin to impact how we see God. And I've shared this quote a bunch of times. Uh, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And some of us are thinking God is not for us and is not on our side. I do not know why the children of Israel had to wait that long. I don't know why God takes his time for so many things. If I were him, wouldn't you, don't you feel like you would rush some things through? But here it is taking hundreds of years. So I don't know why he does it the way he does it, but what I do know, God always has a time set aside for breakthrough. I do know that. 
I, I do know that the thing that you are battling will not last forever. I do know that. And for some of you, that gives you hope. And others of you, like, dang, if I hear that one more time. But let me just go ahead and put that in your heart one more time so you can keep putting one foot in front of the other because the enemy would try to discourage you and take away your confidence. And if he can get your confidence, then he can get your relationship with God. And I don't want him to have your confidence. I want you to hold on to your confidence. And your confidence is not in you. Your confidence is in the faithfulness of Almighty God that he keeps on seeing and he keeps on taking care of and he keeps on meeting needs. Do you see in scripture, you will see that Jesus here on the night he is betrayed, the, the children of Israel have now been waiting for a long time for their Messiah to show up. They've been, the Jews have been waiting for a long time and Jesus on this third time he is taking the Passover with his disciples this is the time that he says hey there's more going on here than you even imagine I know I've taken this with you a couple of times because Jesus had his earthly ministry for about three years with his disciples so about this third time he is taking the Passover meal with them he says hey I know we're celebrating what happened a long time ago but I also want you to know that we're about to celebrate something that's about to happen tomorrow that I'm about to break my body for you and I'm about to shed my blood for you and the Messiah that you have been waiting for for years and years and years the time has now come for God to fulfill the plans and purposes that he always had for all of humanity so I know you have been waiting a long time but you waiting a long time does not mean God has forgotten about what he promised and here in this moment Jesus says I'm showing up to do what God put me on this earth to do. So if, if, if you read the scriptures, you'll see like 12 years, a woman was battling. Uh, she was uh, dealing with an issue of bleeding. You'll see like this other guy, he was 38 years and he was battling stuff. And then you see this other kid that his father brings him to Jesus. And this kid uh, has been having this problem for, since he was a baby. You could see person after person in scripture that their problem was not like a day old problem. Their problem was a year long problem a multiple year problem and Jesus shows up with multiple year problems and he brings a solution that tells me that forever problems even those are temporary the forever problems that have been in your family even those are temporary that and God is saying hey if if I put this 38 years in there and I put this 12 years in there not so that you would know just their business but you would know how I handle my business that if it's been 38 years I still have the power to meet you exactly where you are and put you on a firm foundation. If it's been 12 years, I still have the power to meet you exactly where you are. If you've been struggling with this since you were a kid, I have the power to meet you exactly where you are. And this table, my friends, that we're talking about, this gospel that we're declaring... This is not just for young people or just for old people or just for married people or just for single people or just for white people, Latino people, Asian people, black people. This is not just for those who you're a little bit of everything. You did your 23 and me and you got 38 people running through your body. <laughs> this is not just for one section of people. This is for all people. All people. What I'm talking about today is for you. This body that was broken and shed, I'm talking, this is for you. 
And we're going to talk in just a minute. I've got the team up here because I want us to sing a song right now for a moment. Then I'm going to come up and I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit more uh, from, from the scriptures, from the Bible, about what this communion means and what this is all about and what this Eucharist is and, and, and how, why it's so important to us. But, but I need you to know it's, it's for all of us. But I want to allow the grace and the Holy Spirit, the grace of God and the Spirit of God to, to fill and grab a hold of every single heart, online and in the room. So we're going to sing the song. It's an old school song, but, but I like it. It's called Cornerstone, talking about how Jesus Christ is that cornerstone. It gives you a, a, a picture of who Jesus is and how he's carried us and how his grace has been so present in all of our lives. You might want to stay seated. You can. You might end up standing. You can. It doesn't matter to me. What I really want is for every single one of us, whether you feel you're close to God or far from God, to have your heart open in this moment because his grace is after us today. Not for us to stay the same, for us to be changed and transformed into who he called us to be.
for sure. Um, have a seat if you don't mind. Those who are standing, have a seat for just a moment. This uh, Savior sitting at this table, reclining at this table with his disciples on the night he's about to be betrayed. The night before, he's about to give his very life on our behalf. I, uh, th th there's a great verse. It's found in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse number 1. Uh, I don't have it on the screen, but you can jot it down if you like to. It's a great verse to memorize. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now no condemnation. An another word we could put in there for condemnation would be guilt. And I found that this guilt word... This is something that messes with us. Uh, now, if you've been perfect your whole life, you don't deal with any guilt, okay? So God bless you, the, you know, the seven of you that are watching and in the room. <laughs> We're glad. You go ahead and continue to live your life of perfection. But the rest of us, 
Don't you have some moments in your life you look back on, you're like, dang. I, I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> I shouldn't have moved. I shouldn't have dated him. I shouldn't have dated her. Had I known your mother was going to be like that, I wouldn't have married you. <laughs> I... <laughs> Being real for a second, just being real. You have some times in your life. I mean, it could be nine years ago. I mean, like, you're, you're way past it. Like, you, you're, you don't even live there anymore, and a song will come on. Uh, you'll, you'll smell a perfume, a cologne. You'll see a TV show, or a movie will come on, and it takes you all the way back, and you're still like, oh, my God. God, why did I? God, why did I do that? Why did no one stop me? Why didn't I stop myself? And that guilt, it follows you. It follows you. It keeps following you. And sometimes you can even be in the middle where you're singing about Christ being the cornerstone and it's so beautiful. And then you'll have a, I mean, in the middle of a worship song, in the middle of a moment with God, a thought will pop into your head that will take you back to something that you did or something that you said that you have not been able to get rid of. And we begin to think, we think, that we have to figure out a way to get rid of that guilt. So we think we need to add to what Jesus did. What he did is not enough for us to get rid of this guilt. So I, I, I want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you did. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to add a little bit of my effort and a little bit of my work to try to scrub myself. And you and I, we find ourselves trying to wash our hands or scrub our souls vigorously with our own works, realizing that, that we still have the same guilt that was there when we started scrubbing in the first place. And this is a rat race that the enemy tries to get you and I on where guilt tries to become your inheritance. And this is not the inheritance that Jesus Christ has for you. His work on the cross is enough. And I know what you might feel may be real, but just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. What Jesus Christ did for you and I on the cross is actually enough. And if there was a day that the children of God would begin to believe what Jesus Christ did was actually enough, we would not walk around as we walk around. There are some people that honestly they're mean to you, not because they don't like you. They don't like them. They haven't been able to deal with their own stuff. And if you don't understand, and I don't understand what Jesus Christ did for us is enough. For the rest of our lives, we will be living a life that is disconnected from what Christ actually has for us. I have a... I did a little, bit of, a little bit of study, and by study again, I'm talking Google. I'm talking Google here. That's the way we study now. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to figure out what's, what's some of the science behind thanks? What, what's, what's some of the science behind it? And, and I, I discovered this. I discovered that giving and receiving thanks actually increases your dopamine and serotonin levels. You know that? Like... That the stuff that makes you feel good, that, that impacts your mood, that lifts you, 
Thanksgiving, giving it and receiving it actually increases this. This is like something that happens physiologically in your body. So when someone comes up to you and says, man, thank you so much for what you did today. Something on the inside of you goes, and it begins to rise. Dopamine, for those of you who don't know, I mean, maybe you have some family members that have ever dealt with, you know, instead of drugs, let me give you another drug that we have. Cowboys are a drug, okay? Dallas Cowboys. This is a drug. This is a drug, okay? If you're in another part of the world right now, you don't know what the Cowboys are, this is a cult that we have here in America. Definitely in the state of Texas. And, and, and the Cowboys, uh, they're, they're playing today. Maybe you're watching this a little bit later, but they're playing today. And right now, they're killing it, okay? They are killing it. There is a dopamine hit every time Amari Cooper catches a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. And last week, Cooper Rush had the audacity to step in as the backup quarterback and give us the dub. I mean, this is, you, you see the catch and you're like, ah, it's a hit. It's a hit. People are grabbing everything they can for another hit. Oh, come on. Come on, Cowboys. Come on, Cowboys. Come on, Cowboys. People are living for a Sunday. Come on. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. It's something happens on the inside of you physiologically that lifts you. This is the same thing that happens when you and I give and receive thanks. There's something that happens in us that lifts us up. So I decided I want to be a man, I, and I'm praying that you would be a man or a woman that would say, God, since, since Thanksgiving is something that you gave me as a gift, I want to give back to you. I want to say thank you, God, for how faithful you have been to me. I want to say thank you for how good you have been to me. I want to say thank you that you found me when I was lost. I want to say thank you that you keep on cleansing me and purifying me. I want to say thank you that you keep on giving me strength that the doctor gave me this diagnosis but you still say I'm the healed of the Lord I want to say thank you that you have not forgotten about me I want to say thank you that you gave me a family better than a family that I deserve thank you that you brought me to a church that would pray for me thank you that you keep on putting breath in my lungs and giving me strength to put one foot in front of the other over and over and over and over and over again I keep on saying thank you and when you say thank you to God something happens on the inside of you try to live in misery with a mouth filled with thanks try it try to live in misery and all you're doing is thanking everybody that you see oh thank you for thank you for walking past me thank you for wearing that outfit girl thank you for calling me good man thank you for giving me thank you for my bagel thank you for my seven dollar coffee thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you when you begin to live a life of gratitude like this something's happening on the inside of you and God knew this was a gift that he gave us and this thanks is not just reserved for humans I'm glad we give it to each other, and we ought to. We ought to. I'm glad we, you know, we got people even clapping in here, and some of y'all at church, and you're like, oh my goodness, I can be people clapping at church, and people saying like, go ahead, pastor, and preach it, and what are they saying, and why are they doing this? This is crazy up in here. I like it, but it's crazy. But if you're ever watching basketball, and somebody catches a body, I mean, ah. Uh, the whole bench. 
The whole bench. Yes. I've seen people applaud, uh, applaud when Ezekiel Elliott gets four yards. He only has to get four yards. But if he runs over somebody in those four yards, we're like, yeah. Listen, we have no problem clapping for four yards. We have no problem clapping for dunks. We have no problem clapping for hole-in-ones. I don't think we should have every, any problem clapping that Jesus Christ got on the cross for me and for you. And he took away our guilt and our shame. And he said, I love you and I'm for you and I'm on your side. And I've not forgotten about you, that you're not too far away. You haven't sinned too much, that I have blood that I shed for you and it's still good today today thank you 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 before you scroll on your phone in the morning thank you God thank you that you gave me another day thank you that I got this bed to lay on and if I don't have a bed I say thank you for the bed that you're gonna give me thank you for the job that I have or the job I don't have but I know you're gonna be faithful to give it to me thank you that there's some people praying for me that I don't even know right now thank you that you're putting me on somebody else's mind and heart thank you that you keep on sustaining me thank you that you have not forgotten about me Thank you for how good you've been. Wake up like that. See how it directs the course of your life. How it impacts how you see and treat others. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. I'm about to be done here. Ben, come on out here. Come on out here, Ben. Come on out here. If not, I'm going to keep on preaching for longer than I need to. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 23. Look at this here. 1 Corinthians chapter 23. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. There is no chapter 23 in 1 Corinthians. Some of y'all were turning, you're like, where in the world? He's lying. He's lying. Okay. <laughs> chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes verse 27 so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. There are a lot of things going on in the church of Corinth. That's who this particular book of Corinthians is written to. That's why it's named Corinthians. 
there's a couple of letters. As a matter of fact, we think there's actually a third letter written to the Corinthians, but we don't know uh, where it is. It's never uh, been been discovered. But but this church was going through a lot of different things, dealing with a lot of problems. And you can read it, and you'd be like, "Oh my goodness, these people are crazy." And then you realize, "Oh, so are we." <laughs> so the Bible's so relevant today, but. But in this 1 Corinthians 11, we see that some people were were partaking in this Eucharist, this communion, in an unworthy manner. If you read a little bit later, you'll see how it was actually impacting people's bodies and lives and families. Because they were not treating this right. Uh, This is not to put any guilt or shame on anyone, of course. We don't want to do that. But instead of focusing on how to do this in an unworthy manner, I just thought, let's focus on how to do this in a worthy manner. How do you and I partake in, remember, celebrate communion in a worthy manner? Not worthy in a way like you make yourself worthy and like you earn it. But what do you and I clothe ourselves in as we enter into this moment? And I could not think of a better thing for us to clothe ourselves in than thanks and gratitude. Like like you want to, you want to eat this bread and drink this cup in a worthy manner? You want to clothe yourself in the right thing? Then gratitude is the, is the outfit, it's the eyeliner, it's the wig, it's the shoes. It's what you put on as you and I enter into this moment to say, God, I'm, I'm coming to you right now thanking you for what you've done for me, how you saved me, how you made a way for me. You and I were not just okay people that needed a little boost. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we've been made alive in Jesus Christ. That is what happened through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we're thanking God in this moment that he's provided the way. Go ahead and grab your cup, my friends. Grab your communion. Those at home, go ahead and grab it. I want you to take that top little layer, open up that top little layer, and grab out a little wafer. Those at home, maybe you have some bread, some cracker, goldfish, I don't know what you might have. We're about to eat this in a moment. This does not taste good, okay? This is not for flavor. This is for remembering. This bread here, what Jesus taught us, is it was broken for him, for you. It's his body. It represents what was torn on our behalf for the glory of God. Lord, as we all hold this bread in our hands, whether we may, wherever we may be, Colorado, California, Georgia, or in this room, to our faith, May this bread be the very body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may eat the bread, my friends.
want you to open up that next layer. Friends at home, go ahead and grab your juice or your water or whatever you might have. Again, we were talking about that lamb that shed his blood in the Passover. And the New Testament teaches us that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And this blood is applied to our lives. So this is why you and I have forgiveness of sins and have reconciliation with God. So Lord, as we all hold this cup and this juice represents your blood, to our faith, may it be the very, the very blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shed for the forgiveness of sins. You may drink the, the, the juice. I'm going to invite the team to come up here and sing another song and allow the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God to fill every single one of our hearts.
can we clap our hands here, church family, online? I pray you sense the grace of God grabbing a hold of your heart right now. This is not emotion. This is the Holy Spirit. Okay? He's drawing you closer. Don't fight it. Okay? Stop. Trying. I ain't crying. I ain't crying. I ain't, you ain't getting me. You ain't getting me. You ain't. Hey, stop fighting. Stop fighting it, okay? open up your heart right now God's the one that made you in the first place okay he made you and he's trying to get into your heart right now let him do it let him do it okay you're in a safe spot you're in a safe place you're with people that genuinely care about you and love you I know you've been hurt before I know you've been confused before I know you've been stabbed in the back before right now you're in a spot you're safe so just open up sense God's loving heart, his father's heart is towards you right now to say, hey, hey man, you don't have to wear all that armor. You don't have to wear all that armor. Open up your heart to me. Hey daughter, open up your heart to me. If you wouldn't mind, friends, bow your head for just a moment. Online in the room, bow your heads for just a moment. pause I'm skipping I'm gonna give 30 seconds of silence here just so nobody looking around you can have your you can open up your heart intentionally on purpose for God's grace to capture you in this moment so just 30 seconds online in the room just breathe Thank you, God, that you're breaking down walls right now. It's breaking down walls, filling hearts and lives in this moment, drawing sons and daughters back home. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you never made him first, you never made him number one. I'm not asking, do you think you're a good person? Or do you have a Bible? I'm not asking if you were baptized or if you've ever taken Holy Communion before. I'm asking, is Jesus Christ first in your heart and in your life? And if he is not, his grace is drawing you closer to him right now. And he's saying, son, daughter, it's time for you to give your heart and your life over to me. Maybe there was a time you were following him. You were pursuing God, but you drifted. You just, the guilt, the guilt took you away. 
You're online right now. Maybe you don't even want to go back to church anymore. You're, you're just want to just watch online just because the guilt is too much. You have too many lies running through your brain. And today God is saying, no, son, daughter, it's time to come back home. If that's you, you've never given your heart to Christ. Or at one point in time you didn't, you slipped away. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but something bold. I just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. i got friends all over this room believing friends online right now saying yes I don't want to go my own way I want to go God's way who else wants to get in on this prayer just raise your hand up here with me right now you're saying yeah I want to I want to give my heart I want to give my life to Christ I want to make him first I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor put your hand over your heart if you would not mind every person and I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me say dear Jesus I ask you to forgive me of all my sins I admit I made mistakes, and today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we clap our hands, church family? Come on. With enthusiasm, lift up your heads.